Welcome to Bellwether Friends, definitely not the first podcast featuring a discussion of pop culture and why we think you should like what we like. You should trust us because we're librarians. We were recently told that that is a good tagline, so yay. I actually, I stole your tagline the other day because I was at Starbucks and this lady was having trouble with the Starbucks app. And I was like, oh, let me try. You can trust me. I'm a librarian. <laughs> Yay! And she did trust me, and I did fix her Starbucks See? App. That's, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I'm Anna. And I'm Aline. And that was Renata. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. I just got excited. And this is definitely not the second take on a lost recording. <laughs> Every couple of weeks, we'll get together to try to record the same episode with someone. <laughs> <laughs> and chat about a pop culture topic or two what we think and how we feel we'll end the show with our current obsessions today we have renata on for take two of fast slash furious the franchise now we just have to do six more oh my god <laughs> i mean great i'm up for it <laughs> looking forward to it you may or may not know that the eighth film in the Fast slash Furious franchise was recently released to theaters to much acclaim because there is nothing more important to all of us than family. Uh, I was wondering I was where admit, that was, was going. going. Of course, <laughs> I family. I been going to, I don't know, cars? Cars. Yes, cars. Furiousness. Just yesterday, Anger. Renata tweeted eloquently on the topic of Massachusetts drivers and the Fast and Furious franchise, and I felt it so deeply. American muscle, baby. Because <laughs> I was re-watching, and these, they do these drag races just, like, through town while there's other people driving, just, like, going about their lives, and then there's these assholes are like, I, like, I live my life a quarter mile at a time, and there's other cars on the road, and they don't know what's happening. And that's what it feels like to drive in Massachusetts. <laughs> it really is. If you haven't driven in Massachusetts, then you should stop by sometime and see. Even It's not just in the Boston area. I live out where there is no traffic and no cars, and it's still like and this. Yet, and there is also... someone trying to pull out in front of us, just do-do-do-do-do. Right. No, <laughs> just, just pulled out from an, an intersection, from a side road, just pulled out in front of us without pausing, without looking, without acknowledging nothing. They probably figured that the movie text had cleared the way for them to do probably. whatever. Right. <laughs> but there's also this, like, secret code, and maybe it's part of the family, where... Someone will stop traffic behind them and wave you to make a left turn in front of them. People do that, yeah. And it's like, you don't have that authority. Well, you don't have that authority, and someone <laughs> behind you is going to get mad, and they're going to try to go around you, and they're going to T-bone me while I am taking advantage of your, quote, consideration. <laughs> it's real weird. It's real, real weird. So, so I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page with that. You have opinions on Massachusetts drivers. We do. Don't at me. No, no. She wants you to tell you all about them. <laughs> I hope Furious 9 is set in Boston. They haven't done yeah, one here yet. Yeah, they haven't done Boston yet. They should do that, definitely. Have they done any middle-of-the-country cities either? Like, they could do Chicago. They could do Chicago. That would be really awesome with the streets and all of the, um, well, the bridges like, across the rivers yeah, and stuff. Yeah, it would be yeah. like the, the Blues Brothers did a great... Chicago one. They would have to live up to that. Okay, I'm sure they could. I, I mean, I don't think like so. yeah, they're gonna put like a submarine in the river. Come on, 
<laughs> Except not a submarine because they already did they just that. Did the submarine? I, this is why I don't work for those movies. I can't come up with a fresh idea, but they can. <laughs> well, they can. There's and only will. a certain number of ways that you can say. In order to do this, we need a group of car driving experts. <laughs> Maybe yes. in the future it'll be like, we're running a delivery service and we need to get things there really fast. We need... Yeah, and the next one they just work for Amazon Prime. Yeah. Perfect. The drones aren't working out. What we need is a group Some of an American muscle. A family. A family, Anna. Not a group. Right, right. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So we went back and we, in anticipation of this episode, we revisited every movie in the franchise because I hadn't seen any of them. And I had only seen the first two. And then Renata has been reviewing them as well. When we first tried to record this, I was like, I don't have time to rewatch them. I'll just, like, go off what I remember. Which it turns out is, like, oh, just blurs, just blurs of fast driving <laughs> and jokes. <laughs> yes. Which is, like, all I really care about anyway. But in the time since that last episode, I rewatched one, two, four, and five. Are you telling me that you skipped Tokyo Drift? I'm going to come back around to it when it's chronologically right, appropriate. Chronologically. Okay, so this is, thank you for the segue. Renata, <laughs> would you give us an overview of the franchise, chronology, uh, family, etc.? I'm, I'm going to do my best. And that's going to be it's, awesome. It's difficult. So, it, yeah, it, as, as alluded to, it's a franchise about a family of people who drive cars really well. <laughs> And then the first one, I still, like, I just watched it, and then I just read the Wikipedia page about it, and, and I'm still like, that's what it was about? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> like, there's two car gangs, and one of the car gangs, I must say, that is the Asian car gang, is bad guys. And they are using their car skills to hijack trucks while they're still driving, and take things off the trucks and sell those trucks, sell those things. And then Dominic Toretto represents the good guy car gang, although they are still criminals, just to be clear. Yes. Just not as bad. Played by That's... Vin Diesel. Oh my god, of course, yes. So Academy that... Award winning quality acting from Vin Diesel. Yes. Yes. So the at the time of this movie, the the family is Dominic Toretto. Vin Diesel, and his sister Mia, who is Jordana Brewster, and Letty, who is Don's girlfriend, who is Michelle Rodriguez. This guy, Vince, who's into Mia and is a D-bag, and I kind of forgot about Vince. No, Vince. We and then, like, you. two other disposable guys. <laughs> and th- One of whom is disposed of. Yes. And then Paul Walker, a.k.a. Brian O'Connor, who I... Like, even while I'm watching the movies, I forget that his name is Brian, because that character just seems like his name should be Paul Walker. Yes. (laughs) It really should be. And every time they call him Brian, you're like, no, 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 that's Paul. Brian. Yeah, who is Brian? I don't know. It's Paul Walker. Uh, He is an undercover cop, but he has a history of street racing. So he infiltrates the street racing gang as a, like, uh, as part of his undercover duties. And also, here's a detail I'd forgotten about. As part of trying to infiltrate the car gang, the Toretto's own a garage and a restaurant, because right. why not, I right. guess? So he eats at their restaurant, and he always goes and gets a tuna sandwich from Mia, because he's into her. And Vince calls him a f- 
for ordering tuna. And it and this is like one of the very first scenes of the movie, and then they have a fight about it, like a that, fist fight. That's toxic masculinity right there. Like, but what is not masculine about tuna? First, I mean, first of all, <laughs> and the, <laughs> but the the real situation is that Vince also is into Mia, and he senses that Mia likes Paul Walker more. So he's like, let me just put an end to this. I mean, even I. If, if forced to choose between Paul Walker and Vince, would probably choose Paul Walker. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm and not that's saying a, something. I'm not especially into Paul Walker, but Vince is like a trash can. Yeah, I mean, I would go back to Debs and choose Amy from <laughs> the Secret School if I were Jordana Brewster. <laughs> if that was all you had to work with, yeah, that's all I had. Okay, yeah. but anyway. I just, I remember, because that seems so out of character, because, uh, I don't know, something like that I feel like would not happen in eight. No, I don't think so. They're more progressive now. They have they have grown as we have all grown. And it's, it's also, I have to say, the home, like, the open homophobia is especially strange, because this, this franchise and this family is so fueled by Paul Walker's love for Vin Diesel, and there's there's really we'll get into it. There's really no other way to explain his actions. Like, if Paul Walker were a lady, this would be like the most epic romantic film of our time. Yes. But since since they're dudes, like they don't address it, and they keep trying. They have girlfriends, but it's really about them. Anyway, so that's the setup here. There's some there's some racing to just like establish everybody's creds. They're all really good at racing. There's some stuff that goes down with the bad car gang. I don't really like get it or care, but one of the disposable gang members dies. Vince is like wounded and Brian reveals that he's an undercover cop in order to quickly get medical help for Vince. This like blows up and everyone's like, "Oh shit, I knew you were a cop." And then at the end of it, Brian lets Dom get away instead of arresting him. Because even though, like, he had kind of proven that it was the other car guys who did the main bad stuff, they're like, yeah, but these guys are still also criminals. And this is a recurring theme, is everyone, like, there's this real relative morality of, like, yeah, they broke the law, but they're not, like, not as bad as these other guys. So, like, just chill out. And it seems to me like they have gotten pardoned or almost pardoned or worked with the law most of the movies <laughs> yeah they they're real back and forth over that line anyway so that that's the end of of the first my favorite part of the first one is still that his boss is played by the guy who plays buffalo bill in silence of the lambs what? i still have never seen silence of the lambs though so. well huh yeah. You don't like scary. Re- you don't like scary things, yes. I don't like scary things. That's true, and I don't like gross things. No. Mm, so you might be on the fence about that. Although it's more like a, it's more the scare level is like an X Files episode scare level. I would say. Yeah, I did read the book. I think I probably could watch the movie. I just haven't yet. Oh yeah, because the book is a lot. It's a lot more atmospherically creepy. The movie is a really great adaptation of it, but. The book is gets more in your head than the movie does. So if you're not completely triggered by serial killer action, 
or cannibalism, which I know that sounds kind of weird, but some of us like to read serial killer books. Mm -hmm. Many do. Then the movie is is not bad. And it's it's a great work of art. And Jonathan Demme died not too long ago, so you could watch it in his honor. Yeah, plus tiny Jodie Foster. R.I.P. R.I.P. Not Jodie Foster. (laughs) That's how rumors get started, Renata. I remember there was a fanfic out there about um, Jodie Foster's character and Agent Scully. Well, they're cookie cutters. Yeah, basically. I mean, I think Clarice was based on Scully. (laughs) Or the other way around. I think other way. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Let's ask Chris Carter. Anyhow... Okay, so that's Fast and Furious. I probably left out some plot details. I don't care. No one cares. No don't one cares. at me. The idea is they... Drive cars they, fast. They drive cars fast, but they didn't intend for it to be a franchise, and so they wrapped it up in this like gray area where he let he let Vin Diesel go, even though he probably shouldn't have, since he was a law enforcement dude. So the really awesome thing about this is when you watch the first one, it is pretty clearly pretty low budget and was just some sort of like thing that they were like, ah, yeah, let's do this fast car movie and, and just get it out there. And they did. And then it was really popular. And so the second one is, it? it was. Okay. And the second one was kind of a slap together sequel. Like let's try to capitalize on it. And it wasn't very clearly thought through and it just became a lot bigger than the quality of the filmmaking would warrant. Yes. Yes. I would say so. And that's great. I am all for cult classics and getting all worked up about something that doesn't have a lot of merit. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> so I'm I'm here for it. And we had fun watching them all and watching the last one. We did. The, the second one doesn't have the like family grouping that the first one had, which I think is its main down fall (laughs) yeah like this these movies just like ride or die with the characters yeah and so we'll we'll come around to it but too fast too furious of course the iconic title of the second one in this one paul walker has kind of gone rogue he's like living undercover because you're not allowed to keep being a police officer if you just like let criminals go fine So he's, like, just sort of, uh, what is it, like, on the lam, basically, doing street races in Miami. Street races are organized by Ludacris, a.k.a. Tej, who I'd forgotten in this movie has a huge fro, and it's awesome. I love Ludacris. Ludacris amazing. And, and at this point, he's not a master hacker. He's a mechanic. No, he's, like, regular, yeah. Everyone in these movies levels up so much. And everything. But yeah, this is like level one Tej, or he's just a regular mechanic. I mean, a very good mechanic. But I, we we talked about this, and I, I want to go back to it, because we tried tracking the path you take from being a good mechanic to being international hacker level hacking. And I thought that he went to the DeVry Institute. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe he just went to the public library and they had, like, lynda.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes Linda. sense. Okay. Com. Yeah, because we're going to put this in a parallel universe where the timeline doesn't matter. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And okay. I'm certainly not going to get pedantic about the development of Lynda.com no, I know. when it became available on the market. <laughs> I'm glad. I would never do that. I'm glad that you're not going to do that because... <clears throat> I mean, if we can believe these rocket power cars, I can believe in Lynda.com. <laughs> okay, that works. Anyway, so we introduce Luda. Uh, then while, while doing a car race, Paul Walker gets caught by the police. And this is... They're like, okay, well, we'll give you a pardon if you help us catch this drug dealer who uses cars for his drug thing, so you'll be good at it. Of course he is. And Paul Walker's like, yeah, okay, I'll do it, but only if my bro Tyrese will come, too. And they're like, yeah, fine, whatever, get Tyrese. And Tyrese's character's name is Roman, and he is hilarious and constantly just in a terrible mood about doing whatever he's doing. And it turns out he was childhood friends with Paul Walker and feels betrayed that Paul Walker became a cop because they were both, like, illegal street racers. And Paul Walker's like, no, I'm so cool, bro. And Roman's like, fine, bro. And then they go and they're, like, they have to get in and become, like, car car driver drug dealers or whatever. Ava Mendez also is an undercover FBI agent or yes. law enforcement. Customs, customs agent. Was that in two? Yeah. Really? Yeah. With really... a really tight shirt? Yeah. Okay. Body be banging. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so she's undercover as, like, the drug lord's girlfriend. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Cole Hauser. Mm. Oh, yeah, I like him. He does a really good, um, uh, what's that guy's name? Who was in Apocalypse Now. He was in a whole lot of those Vietnam movies back in the 80s. Tom, you Tom something. Berenger, Tom Berenger. <laughs> Cole Hauser is Tom Berenger 2.0. Okay. Oh, okay. You can Google image it. Also, I have the Wikipedia tabs open for all of these, and I have <laughs> just learned that the Skyline driven by Brian was actually Paul Walker's personal car, just, like, cementing my belief that Paul Walker's character should be named Paul Walker. Yes, for R.I.P. Sure. Paul Walker. And also, yeah, R.I.P. Paul Walker... Yes. Maybe you shouldn't oh. have identified with your character so much. So much. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Oh my god, and the house uses the drug dealer house was owned by Sylvester Stallone. God bless Wikipedia. <laughs> so much. <laughs> this film has 36% on Rotten Tomatoes, which seems about right. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Yeah, move, moving on. They They do save the day. They get their crimes pardoned. They stop the drug dealer. They steal everything. some money. Yeah, they give most of the drug money back to the police, but they take a little bit just as a tip to themselves. Does okay. the tip end up being like $12 million? It's a lot. I don't know. I mean, it's like stacks of cash stuffed in Tyrese's pants. Right, right. Okay. Um, thank you for bringing the visual back. Got it. <laughs> yeah. I think $12 million <clears throat> might have been the cut from a different heist, that specific number. But they, thank you. they get a lot. So Fast and the Furious 3 is Tokyo Drift. But chronologically, it takes place after six. Yep. And so I would just like to... Well, the main thing that's important about Tokyo Drift is it introduces the character of Han Solo, who is the best. He is. He really is. He is my favorite character of all. Um, I would also, (laughs) at this point, like to mention that the character of Han also appears in the movie Better Luck Tomorrow which is also directed by Justin Lin, is not a Fast and Furious movie. 
just Han is also the, it's kind of a, a high school heisty crimey movie and uh Han's in it and it's pretty good alright why not so aka Sung Kang is the actor's name but Han okay so this introduces Han it's mainly n- like nobody from the originals was available or willing to do this so they're like we'll just do this other one and set it in the future and like it's also about cars here you go and then uh, when we dip back into Fast and Furious 4, Han is there. Hey, like, there he is. Uh, you're like, wait, he didn't die? Right. Are we going to go back to Tokyo Drift in the right timeline? Yes, I would okay. like to discuss it more at that time. Okay. But for now, I'm just going to go to that. So fa- so 4, 4 is just called Fast and Furious. Ampersand. No, no the. So this is, they're in the... They're in the Dominican Republic. The family at this point is Dom and Letty, which is Michelle Rodriguez. It's Han is there. It's these two guys, so I don't know their names. So it's like Leo Portu- and Santos. Okay. Anna has Wikipedia yeah. open, too, so you okay. have dueling Wikipedia articles. Great. I wasn't even looking at that <laughs> article anymore. I just had it for, like, when I want it. Um, okay. So... They're hijacking fuel tankers in the Dominican Republic, which is, like, crazy. Like, why are you doing this there? Like, that's a very poor country. (laughs) I disapprove. (laughs) Anyway, it goes wrong. They, like, totally blow up a fuel tanker and, like, barely escape. And they split up. And then very... Is this Duarte's homeland? Is Duarte's homeland, yes. Does he have any thoughts? He's still sleeping. <laughs> he is actually still sleeping. Oh, the other thing is the specific fuel tanker that they hijack in the opening scene is driven by a dude who drives around with like a full size adult iguana in the cab. And I think that's great. I think George A thinks that's great too. Okay. That makes sense. I'm for it. Uh, so that happens. Then very abruptly, Dom finds out that Mia was, or he finds out from Mia that Letty was murdered. So he goes back to LA and he does some like CSI (laughs) and finds out like the mechanic who must have been responsible for selling the car that like caused her death or something. And then um, (laughs) meanwhile, Paul Walker is working for the FBI. They keep, they give this guy so many chances. Yeah, they keep hiring him to do stuff. I mean, bless that white male privilege. I can't imagine that being able to drive a car well is really that much of a unique skill, but okay. It is not very unique a skill. I can I can attest to that. Okay, but he's really good, though. Okay, I, great. <clears throat> <laughs> anyway, he's doing some FBI stuff, and it crosses path. He's trying to find a drug dealer. These guys are always fighting drug dealers, I guess. Because that's maybe the best, like... The well, best until they start, until skills. they start getting higher level international criminals. Okay, right. Until they level up. Yeah. But at this point, drug dealers. This I don't fully understand. Still, I, I literally watched this movie last night, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. The drug dealer that he's trying to find is somehow connected to whoever killed Letty, and so his path. Cr- crosses with Dom and they're like oh we can team up question mark but we don't really trust each other because of events of previous movies plus they're 
There's a lot of sexual tension there. Yeah, they've got a lot of feelings to work through. It's complicated. Yeah. But they're teaming up to to stop this drug dealer through car driving. <laughs> well, what? how else would you stop it? Right. Notable, because I had completely forgotten she's in this one because she's not in it that much. But this movie is actually where Giselle, a.k.a. Gal Gadot, a.k.a. Wonder Woman, Woo! is introduced. So she's in it a little bit. And also, I forgot, this movie tries to like set her up as a couple with Dom. And it's... Ugh, I hate it. It doesn't... Like, I think so. It doesn't work. Because Dom only loves Paul Walker. Right. And Giselle only loves Han. Even right. though I don't think they even meet in this movie. No, I don't think they do either. But she only loves him. Right. Yeah, uh, and also Dom only... I mean, if he's not going to be outright with Paul Walker, then he has to be with Letty, so... Right. There's something about how they have to drive really fast across the U.S.-Mexico border to avoid patrols seeing them. I don't yeah. know. And there's a tunnel underneath the border And there's, like, there's special GPS chips that Giselle controls. It doesn't really matter, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like Except the po- that Dom gets caught at the end. Dom gets caught and goes to jail. Oh my goodness. And, and the way this movie ends is he's on a bus going to prison, and then we see the bus, we see Brian and Mia and uh, those two bros, like, driving cars to surround the bus, and we get the sense they're going to, like, hijack the bus. But that movie ends at that point. Cliffhanger. Real cliffhanger for five, yes. Is this when they caught on that it was a franchise? (laughs) I think, yeah. The fifth movie? (laughs) <laughs> maybe well the third you, like we said the third movie yeah, yeah. was sort of out of time they were just trying to capitalize on the name and it didn't have anything to do with the family so they so they ended the fourth with a cliffhanger knowing there would be a fifth yes yeah that makes sense yes so that happened so then fast five omens immediately with that same hijacking of the prison bus and we see um, we see a news story about it revealing that they're all, which is uh, done by Perd Happley from Parks and Rec, like literally the same actor playing a newscaster. <laughs> Interesting. Yes, and he reveals like that uh, all the inmates, because this is the thing that they keep having to establish, because they're doing all like throughout the movie is they do this wildly dangerous and stupid stuff that it seems like would really put a lot of other drivers like out on the streets at risk, like a lot of civilian casualties, it seems like would happen. So they always have to be careful to have some kind of news announcement or whatever that's like, oh, everyone was fine, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's wildly improbable that everyone would be fine. But so that we have a news story saying like, everyone's fine and all the other prison inmates, like none of them escaped, only Dom escaped. And we know uh, that he Dom- was... He was innocent enough. He's mostly a good guy. Right. But yeah, so he escaped. But now he and Paul Walker and Mia are all like FBI's most wanted. And so they're on the run and they go to Brazil. Is this the one where Tyrese gets mad that he's number 11? No, that was the most recent one. Oh, okay. (laughs) They they all do blend together. Um. (laughs) Well, they're just a single narrative, and so they're not episodic. It's all part of a single narrative. Yes, like a soap opera. Yep. 
So they go to Brazil and they hook back up with Vince from the first movie. Oh, yeah, I forgot that about that. Dirtbag has a baby now. Vince has a baby? Yeah. Vince has a baby who he has named after Dom. Of course. Oh, I remember that. That was that was kind of um speaking of sexual tension. Yes. Yeah. That's where I was going with that. Like Dominic Toretto is just there's something magnetic about him and every other character once, is just once ride or in. die for Dom. Right. Hmm. Okay. I don't see it, but okay. Right. Five also, and thank God for this. Five also introduces the rock. Yay! Yay! Let's just have a moment of of yay for The Rock. Like, just really elevated this to the next level. Thank you, The Rock, a.k.a. Luke Hobbs, who is... And see, now I'm back on Wikipedia, because I'm always like, he works for Interpol, the FBI? I don't know. No, he works for the U.S. Diplomatic Security Service, a.k.a. DSS. Is that real? I don't know. Does it matter? Nope. Okay. (laughs) Sure doesn't matter. He works for the International Good Guys. And so he's like, oh, they broke this guy out of prison. We're going to go like find him. They spend a lot of resources trying to find these guys. Meanwhile, the family are like, um, I, I literally watched this movie last there's, night. There's a drug dealer. Yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to think, like, why? Like, what? Like, they, they wanted to stop this drug dealer and get a bunch of money. Um, does the drug dealer kill... Vince? No. Does they well, they were hired later. to like hijack trucks on the or something on the train. Ugh, I don't oh. Know. Hang on. Now I'm I'm reading Wikipedia. Like again, I literally watched this movie last night. Don't know, don't really I care, don't but don't remember anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't it was just like, okay. I was so worried that you were watching you were rewatching more recently than we rewatched and that you were gonna be <laughs> way more stuff? way more up to date on stuff. So I I'm just, I'm feeling very, very good right now. There's Thanks. something about these movies, they're so slippery. Like it just doesn't matter what's happening. Like it just matters that it looks really cool while it's happening and then yes. it, it immediately leaves well my brain anyway. Yeah, just let it wash over you. That's just, what it's there for. Yeah. Oh, okay. So while they're on the first step of them being on the run is that they are, they join Vince and some other bros to steal some cars from a train. Again, they're not good guys. They're stealing cars from a train, but they did not realize how, what a big deal this train heist was. And the, the cars are drug cars and there's DE agents there. Oh yeah. And some of, One of the, and some of the like other guys or something. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the other guys, not, members of the family other guys on this heist with them kills the dea agents and so now they're in trouble because i mean they already were on the run but now it's like oh they killed dea agents like that's really bad so i think there's also an element of like wanting to clear their name yes i think so too oh and okay and so <laughs> in this heist they Some got away back. with one of the cars and the car had the a car chip had in a it. chip in it that was like all the important things about the drug dealer's route or something i'm gonna put all the information about my drug network on a ship and i'm gonna put the chip in a car and i'm gonna <laughs> yes yeah as you, do, as you do yes it's foolproof and they figured it out. Um, so now Hobbs knows they're in Rio, and he is like there to look for them. But they're like, we got this chip, and we're gonna try to get all the money. And they're like, oh, and this is like, 
at this point it just becomes a heist and they have this really good montage of like getting the crew together and so they bring in Han, they bring in Roman, they bring in Tej, they bring in those two bros who's like um and they bring in Giselle aka Wonder Woman and it's so good <laughs> but having watched it back to back with four I was just like why would she agree to do this like she talked to Dom for like 5 minutes like because these other guys, I get it. Like, they were kind of friends. They'd worked together before. She, they were on opposite sides. Like, she was, you know, working for, the like, the other drug dealer. And now she's like, yeah, I'm down with this. Whatever. Yeah, I don't know. And, I mean, thank God she did. She's amazing in it. But why? And there's, like, nothing. They don't even show, like, him making the call. They just show her, like, roll up on a motorcycle. And it's like, here she is. Great. It's very strange. So then, then they have all these, like, okay, now we got to figure out the safe, and we got to get the this, and we have to, my favorite part of this whole montage is, like, and we have to get the handprint of this guy, because the safe <laughs> is a handprint lock, and Giselle is like, I got this, and she and Han go to, like, his beach club or whatever, and she is wearing a bikini, and she looks rad, and she just, like, stalks over, and he, like, slaps her ass, and she's like, I got it, I got the handprint we need. Actually, I need to be clear. We don't actually see him touch her butt. We just know that it happened because then later Roman is obsessed with knowing whether he slapped that ass or grabbed it, and she won't tell. But this is a good time for the segue that Ellen is yeah. waiting Yeah, for. I've been waiting to talk about the ass obsession of the fate and Furious and Fast. Sorry. <laughs> I just blew it. That was the eighth movie. The Fast and Furious movies, whenever they're having the big happy party street racing crowd scene, they always do these loving zooms in on these exposed butt cheeks of nubile mm-hmm. young things, and they never, ever, ever give us any boobs. And I think equal opportunity is yes, I would like equal opportunity for butts and boobs. But I'm also thinking about the sexual tension and the butt obsession of all of these guys who have unrequited feelings for each other because the complete overlooking of the boobs available is not very straight lady not very pro lady frankly (laughs) not very straight is what i yeah not not very straight is what anna says yeah because everybody has butts everybody poops and everybody has butts yeah not everybody has boobs and there and you will see this in every single movie there will be a crowd scene where they will be lingering over colorfully scantily clad butts and there are very few boobs boobnesses i'm sorry Even i'm so sorry for you in i don't know four maybe like the nature of their race is that they're sort of sent the details over gps and they don't meet up to start together like th- like they usually do and so the gps also includes like gifs of dancing butt girls because they you know they're not there to have the real ones but they don't want the movie to miss out on this yep 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 that's a relief i was relieved <laughs> yeah Speaking of races, uh, (laughs) like, one stage of this montage is like, well, we need to get cars that are really fast. Oh, yeah, always, Uh, always. I mean, always. In this case, they have to be extra fast so that they can't be seen by a camera. Right. And so they, you know, Vin Diesel's like, I know a guy. And they go, and they're like, we'll race you if we can keep your cars if we win. And he's like, yeah, you won't win, though. And then we don't even see the race. They're like, we have so much 
to do in this Fast and Furious movie. We cannot show you this race. We will just reveal at the end that they have won the race and gotten the cars we need. And you can just imagine what that race looked like. Back to the heist. And it's like such a bold move. And I think that it's really the transitional point where they were like, we're going to go ahead with this franchise, but we're... We are kind of bored of just car racing and drug dealers. We're going to move into heist movies and more and more exotic stuff. Yes. And that's the turning point. They get all their stuff together, and then they're about to go embark their heist, but it's, like, right around the time that The Rock and his crew find them. Oh, I forgot. There's also a character in this who is Elena, who is a Brazilian police lady who's working with The Rock. right, right. She's That's not actually right. that important in this movie, but she's important later. Yep. She's she's there too, basically. She's she is also there. Yeah. <laughs> so at some point in this kerfuffle, Vince dies. Oh yeah, I Vince was still alive. I forgot. Yeah, Vince was still alive. He does die, who, yeah. I was gonna say who cares? I guess his baby and his wife probably care, but Probably. Whatever. <laughs> Alright, Vince. He dies. They're like, oh my god, like, the the police are here, and the drug... Oh, and also the drug dealer, like, the police are so corrupt that they were helping, they're, like, all helping the drug dealer also. So only The Rock and Elena are, like, the only two good police officers in the entire city. Yeah. Obviously. Seems legit. Yeah, so they're like, um, in the face of this new evidence, we'll team up and help you take this drug dealer's money, we guess. And so this heist goes forward, minus Vince, plus The Rock and Elena. It's wild. They, um, you should really watch it. I don't yeah, even you should watch it. Let's not spoil it. Yeah, it's wild. But there's a, a part where they're, like, driving down the street with a safe behind them, like, Brian and Don both have a cable attached to the safe, attached to their car so they can drag it. It's swinging around. It's destroying the entire city. It's pretty amazing. Much, pretty there's, much. Again, there's like civilians everywhere. Like safe is knocking concrete everywhere. It's wild. But again, everyone's fine apparently. Yes, the whole city's fine. They'll recover. Their GDP is definitely not going to all have to go to repair. Right. But they end up getting away and with a lot of money, yes? With a lot of money, yes. Um, and we see that they give some to Vince's wife, or right. maybe they're, Vince's lady and their baby. And we see um, they're, like, having a blast on the beach. Does, is, Mia, oh. is Mia pregnant in this one? Yeah. In the middle of this one, Mia reveals that she's pregnant. And they're like, oh, no, we can't do this anymore. But let's just do this one last... Shh totally intense thing and me is like yeah sure why not so at the end we see that she's like very pregnant oh and we see at the end of five that dom and elena are together as a couple because right why letty not? is theoretically dead yes letty's dead and elena is there very handy yes, yes. oh and so at the end of this the rock is like okay well you guys help me out so even though I'm here to arrest you, I'm going to give you 24 hours to get your stuff together, and then, like, you got to go in with me. Which is, like, again, nobody in these movies is good at law enforcement. Like, what are you doing, The Rock? And they're like, okay, sure, thanks, The Rock. And then, obviously, they escape. And then, so the post credit scene is The Rock, like, at his desk, like, trying to figure out where these guys are. And Ava Mendez comes in. She's like, hey, I've got information for you. 
And he's like, is it Toretto? And she's like, no. And he's like, then I don't care. (laughs) So she comes and she's like, hey, I got info for you. Michelle Rodriguez is still alive. And then that's the end of five. Dun, dun, dun. So six starts with this really good montage of like all the family just like living it up. They are all having like awesome lives. Because they had so much money. They all are doing like whatever they want. They had so much money. Han and Giselle, also, this is big news. I didn't mention it. They got together at the end of five, they kissed, and it was like, thank God, they're such a good couple. Right. So six starts off with they're together. Dom and Elena are together. Like, everybody's kind of, like, coupled off or just, you know, being cool. Because they're family. Right. But they're all separate. It's interesting. They all live in, like, separate places, even though they are a family. But aren't they living separate places for security? I mean, maybe, but, like, who cares, though? (laughs) Like, because all throughout five, they're all picking different places that have no extradition, so they can't be, like, sent back to the U.S. But it's like, why don't you just just all go there? Right, why don't you all all go together to Spain or wherever you're going? Right. But anyway, whatever. Because that would leave them no reason to accept this offer, I guess. So the villain of six is Owen Shaw, a.k.a. Gaston from the live-action... Beauty uh, and the Beast. Which is hilarious because... Well, like, I had only before seen him in Six, and when I saw that they had cast this actor whose name is something, <laughs> where is he? Luke Evans. His name is Luke Evans. And so I'd only seen him in this movie, and when they cast him as Gaston, I was like, oh, that, like, the like the little guy from Furious Six? Right, like because guy? you put somebody in a lineup with Dominic Toretto and Luke Hobbs, a.k.a. The Rock, you're gonna look like a little tiny dude. Yeah, and I legitimately thought he was just sort of, like, kind of a scrawny dude. And he's he's not. He's pretty big. He's just not as big as The Rock and Vin Diesel. Oh, well. So that was my main takeaway from Beauty and the Beast. I was like, oh, he's, like, a pretty bad guy. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know what there... He's stealing some kind of chip to do a crime. Who cares? It's a MacGuffin. He's got a MacGuffin that he needs to do for a crime. (laughs) And he's got Letty Ortiz, a.k.a. Michelle Rodriguez. She has amnesia. Right, right. And so The Rock is like, hey, Dom, I need you to help me stop this crime. And in exchange, like, you can have Michelle Michelle Rodriguez, which is, like, weird. Like, that's not really how any of this police stuff should work, I don't think. But they're like, you know, they drive cars really well for their crime, so we need you and your car guys, and you can have Michelle Rodriguez, and <laughs> pardons. And you can get pardons so you can come back to L.A. And so the whole, the family's like, yeah, we'll do it. Um, they keep, like, crossing paths with Letty, and they're like, come on, like, you remember us, you love us. And she's like, eh, I don't know. She, and so, she like, failed to kill him when she had the opportunity. Right. So that one, it doesn't even really matter that... The main takeaway from that one was that he has a brother, <laughs> the evil guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, six, I feel like, was just kind of, like, setting the groundwork for seven and eight in some extent. So we get the main things, yeah. There's some cool car races and whatever. Oh, they go to London. There's a really good scene where The Rock, like, demands a guy's clothes because he was rude to him. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was good. That was Oh, it was Tej 
Tej was showing the rock how it was done, I thought. Oh, right, yeah. Like, together. Like, the rock and Tej went to this, like, snooty car auction, and this, like, British butler type is rude to them. And then they buy all the cars because they're super rich. And then they're like, oh, also, like, we need, we your, need your jacket right, yeah. and your pants and your watch. <laughs> <laughs> that was maybe the best scene in that movie. Yeah, but also, no homo, bro. Right, right, of course not. No homo. No, of course not. But also, a lot of homo. <laughs> oh, the, uh, oh my god, I can't believe, oh, I forgot. The other main thing is that Giselle dies, she sacrifices herself for the to save Han. That's she because had, she had things to do. She had things to do, but it's so sad. Um, She, like, throws herself off an airplane because... I don't even know, like something with the airplane. <laughs> yeah, there was something. Was this the one where they were driving off the plane? No, no this is the seven. one. They're, they're like driving onto an airplane, or they're trying to keep an airplane from taking off. I think maybe. they drive off of an airplane and land and keep driving at some point. Yeah. Well, seven is the one where the cars are in parachutes. Right, right. Okay. And maybe just like drive down the ramp of the airplane, but that's not. No, we're talking about in-flight driving off the airplane with parachutes. That's seven. Yeah, that's seven. This one was trying to keep the plane from taking off. Because he was going to get away with his crime chip thing. Right. God's eye, or is that something else? Seven is God. See, this is what I'm talking about. Like, everything I'm thinking of is seven. I'm, again, looking at the Wikipedia, and I'm like, I don't know. Like, that's a chip. (laughs) Shaw's crew assaults a military highway convoy carrying a computer chip to complete his deadly device. Okay, deadly device. Great. Yeah. All right, well, let's just go to seven, since that's what we Wait, want to talk about. Six, no, but now is when we have to return to Tokyo Drift. Oh, right. The end of six cuts to Tokyo, and we see Han die in a car crash, which is what happened in Tokyo Drift. Right, right. And so it just brings that back, and it's revealed that the driver of the car that killed Han was Jason Statham. And so he calls Dom, according to Wikipedia, I don't remember this direct quote, Wikipedia says he calls Dom and says, you don't know me, you're about to. I don't remember that either. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The main thing, probably because we were just too sad about Han. Probably, yes. Han was upset about Giselle, so he went back to Tokyo and got killed. Yes. Which we didn't know any of that in Tokyo Drift. In Tokyo Drift, Han is kind of a B character who is way more charming and interesting than the A character who's like this high school bro. Yeah, but who's going to be back in nine? Uh, is he? Yeah. I cannot give less of a shit about that. <laughs> he is a kid who is getting in trouble back in the States and he is sent to Japan Where to his, his military dad to shape up. And, of course, he's not going to shape up. He's just going to hook up with the underground parking garage family car racing because (laughs) apparently that's where you do your street racing in Tokyo is in parking garages, which I can relate to because the parking garages they are drifting in is a lot like the one at uh, the Seattle airport where I (laughs) like to drive too fast up and down the ramps. But how furiously. Well, I'm I'm generally pretty furious as a default, so it could be that I am going to be in nine with the dude bro. You'll have to stay tuned. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I think the thing about Tokyo Drift is at this time, like, drift, like, this is maybe one of the first times people widely heard about drifting, and it was like, oh, cool, drifting. 
But, I mean, and again, all these movies have very thin, very tenuous plots. I feel like the main plot of this was, like, this bro learns how to drift. Yep, the end. (laughs) And then Han dies. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that they went back in time and put Han in all the other movies that they did. Yeah, that was the best decision they ever Good choice, good choice. Alright, so now do we get to go to seven? Yeah. Okay. So... Seven checks back in around this time that Han has died. He has been killed by Jason Statham, we have learned, who is Deckard Shaw, the brother of Gaston, a.k.a. Owen Shaw. (laughs) A.k.a. Luke Evans. Yeah. So at this point, the family is, they're down Han and Giselle because they're both dead. They've gotten Letty back. She still doesn't remember everything. No, but she's, she's down to play. Again, a testament to Dominic Toretto's allure. Right, right. Inexplicable allure. <laughs> Inexplicable. So, in this one, they're back in L.A. They're kind of, like, living their lives at, like, the garage. and They're very rich still, but they're just like, ah, you know, for a while we're just going to, like, live in East L.A. and, like, do our garage stuff and, like, whatever. Oh, Jason Statham sends them a bomb and it blows up their house. Right, right. Okay. Also, he attacks Hobbs at his office, and so aka The Rock. And so early on in this movie, The Rock is kind of put out of commission and like in a hospital with a cast on his arm. But we do meet his adorable daughter. Oh, we do meet his adorable daughter. She visits him at the hospital and is great. Stay tuned. Kurt Russell is in this one, right? Right. Is Kurt Russell's first one? Yeah. Because The Rock's in the hospital, so they get Kurt Russell. Mr. Nobody. Mr. Nobody, who works for Covert Ops. Like, these movies, and I love it because it's all my brain can handle anyway. They're, they're so just like, uh, like, Covert Ops, like, the government, the agency. They need the chip. I Like, they <laughs> don't put any work at all into defining these things, and it's great because I don't care and I wouldn't remember it anyway. Right. So, good job. Yeah. So, Mr. Nobody, who works for the shadow government, is like, hey, uh, I get it. Like, you want revenge against the Brothers Shaw I'll help you get that if you help me get this chip called God's Eye, which takes over all technology to help, like, digitally stalk a person. This is basically the thing in, I think it was Dark Knight Rises. Like, one of the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, Batman Invents This, and Morgan Freeman is like, um, Batman, you can't have this. This is, like, too much of an invasion of privacy, and I will not work for you if you have this. And Batman's like, okay, but, like, I programmed it spoilers i guess for for a batman movie he's like i'm just gonna use it this one time because we have to find bane i think it was the bane movie whichever we have to use it this one time to find this like really bad guy and after that like it's gonna self-destruct and morgan freeman's like fine so like this is technology that batman could not be trusted with but we're we're giving it to the family no problem sure sure why not is it jaiman hansu that wants it or has it or i can't remember it's a guy. It's a guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got <it>. Okay. <laughs> Got it. Just a guy. It's one of those guys. It's Mose Jaconde. Okay. According to Wikipedia, who has it, and so the government wants it, or no? Oh, they're both Jaconde and the government both want it, and Ramsey is the hacker who has oh, it. Oh, Ramsey. Yes. So 
they have to get to Ramsey, I guess, really before the bad guys can get to her. But they do get to her, and they have to... Also, it's kind of a secret foil that's a her. Like, no one actually knows who Ramsey is. And they sexistly assume it's a dude, but it's a hot lady. Of course. We can talk more about Ramsey shortly. Yeah, she's great. But... Anyway, at this point, because they're mobile operations, like, these bad guys drive around in basically, like, fancy RV buses, so they're always on the move. So the Fast family has to drop cars out of parachutes to go get them, obviously. Naturally. What else would you do? You know, they do. It's really cool. They jump out of parachutes. It's very funny because Roman is afraid to do it. What a coward. Oh, Roman. So they, they get the God's Eye, and then... They want to use it to find Jason Statham. Something happens. Gotta look at Wikipedia again. Is this they Charlize had... Theron? No, no, that's that's no, the that's eight eight. Okay. Oh, this is okay. Hot. This isn't in Wikipedia, but I remembered. Hobbs sees on the news that like things are exploding, and he's like, "Ugh, Daddy's got to go to work," and he sits up in his hospital bed and like flexes his arm and busts the cast off, and then just like leaves the hospital to get a rocket launcher to like join the fight. Yep. <laughs> yes, that was the best part. That is pretty classic. I can't believe that scene is not mentioned in this, like, two-paragraph Wikipedia summary because it is the most important thing. Well, the thing that I learned from 8 is that there are certain parts that I would love to see more of, and then I could ignore the rest of the movie. Yes. So the the upshot of 7 is that Jason Statham and The Rock and Jaiman Hansu and the family are all in L.A. destroying buildings. <laughs> yeah. Like, a lot of shit gets blown up. Yeah. Oh, also, Ronda Rousey was in this. Right! Oh, yeah, at some point, they have to go to Abu Dhabi to get a chip or a person. They have to go there and get something, and they have to infiltrate a fancy party to get this thing that they want. Ronda Rousey is there as, like, a bodyguard in a dress, and she fights Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, my God. And then, meanwhile... The car, they need something out of a car, and the car is like at the top of a high rise. And so Paul Walker and Dom slip away, and Dom holds the car up with his body so that uh, Paul Walker can like get something out from under it. Of course, of course. And then they get the thing, and then they drive the car, it's like two high rises. They drive the car out one building, like through the window over the air into the other building. Yeah, I don't know like why but it looked cool it did well so the main thing about seven is that paul walker died without having filmed much of it so there's a lot of cgi paul walker yeah and they got like his brothers to kind of body double for him sometimes yeah and the other main thing is that uh letty gets her memories back abruptly as you do and reveals that and i don't really know why that they did this but they reveal that she and Dom had been married. Oh, yeah, no, that's right. Which no one knew except for Dom and Letty, and then Letty forgot, so only Dom knew that they were married. <laughs> and we have a flashback to their marriage, and Dom always wears this cross necklace that's, like, very iconic, and we reveal that he used it as a wedding ring. Anyway, again, I'm not really super clear why they did this. <laughs> Oh, and then the other thing. So since Paul Walker died, they... Oh, also, Mia was pregnant again with another child. And 
for some reason they that really upped the stakes for Paul Walker. He's like, now I have two kids and I really have to retire. <laughs> with the really... one kid, I only kind of needed to retire. And with two kids, yeah, I have yeah. to. And so the movie, they don't kill off Paul Larker, the character, although Paul Larker, the person, is dead, R.I.P. Yeah. And, oh, my God. And the, so he's, like, retired. They're just sort of, like, they're at the beach with their kids. And they're like, oh, it's better off. He's retired. Also, Jason Statham went to jail. And then the end scene, like, when I saw this in the theater, I cried so much. And I don't even know why, because I'm... I'm not, like, that attached to Paul Walker, the character, or the... Like, it's sad that he died, but I'm not, like... Oh, my God, like, I, I love him. I don't know. I had a, I, what I felt was a disproportionate response to the scene, but Paul Walker and Vin Diesel have one last race, and then the road, like, forks off, and Paul Walker goes a different way, and then it plays the song See You Again yep, by Wiz yep. Khalifa, and I just, like like cried well it, that's that song it's the song but and just like the whole like moment of it yeah yeah but then no like i was there with a friend and she kind of like elbowed she was like where is he driving to like this is dumb and i was like crying and i was like he is driving to heaven <laughs> <laughs> well so here's so this is this is where i break in with my thing that i always say when we're watching these movies is that they're all partying on the beach, and they've all driven there in separate cars, including Paul Walker, who has a wife there with a pregnant wife or whatever, and Dom, who has a girlfriend, but they're driving away from the beach, and they go a long way, and they're driving, and then they part ways, but they're both going to have to go back to the beach to either pick up their significant others, or each of their significant others has a car, because we can only do one car per person. Yes. Yeah. And when we want yeah. to talk to each other while we're driving side by side, which is super inefficient, we're going to use walkie-talkies that require we take one hand off the wheel and, like, click the walkie-talkie button as we're looking at the person in the car next to us to talk to them. We can't use hand-free, hands-free headsets. Or Bluetooth phone calls. Or anything. Yeah, I feel like these movies, like, when we are living in, like, Mad Max times and there's no fossil fuels left, we're going to watch these and be like, oh, God it. <laughs> like these people were like think of the gas disgustingly budget for wasteful. these movies. <laughs> so every time I'm like, I'm so glad that you all six people chose six cars to go to to your beach <laughs> I celebration end up with eight cars somehow. Yeah, with somehow six people. it's true. The baby has a car to drive. I'm sure. Right. They have to get them started fast. Oh yeah, there's a whole running thing of like. Dom and Paul Walker trying to convince the baby to like a certain toy car. Like Dom wants the baby to like American muscle and Paul Walker likes like foreign sports cars. And the baby doesn't give a shit cause he's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You gotta pick a side baby. Okay. And now speaking of babies, uh, I think we're now ready to tackle fate of the furious. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> in which a, it was the baby is the so best far. part. <laughs> yeah, I think for me, I'm a debate between eight and five as my favorites. But eight has the soccer team. 
But eight yeah, has eight doing has really Ahaka. Eight has Helen Mirren as the mother of Jason Statham and Luke Evans. This is good. Okay, this okay is the you're best. right. You're right. Eight is the best one. And okay, she's doing right. this accent that is so so good. It's so good. Um, I do have one thing I want to say before I get in here. This is a fact that I learned from the How Did This Get Made about seven, and I haven't fact checked it, but I believe it is that during, like, promotions for Seven, Vin Diesel went around saying that that Seven was for Paul Walker, but Eight is from Paul Walker. Oh, like he birthed it? Yeah, like he wrote it in heaven and sent down the pages, I think. Okay, great. Oh, right, right. Okay. So, so just, like, we have to use walkie-talkies when we're talking to each other, but we have Bluetooth we have to heaven. Line, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, okay, I get it. It seems legit. My takeaway in this movie is that it had several awesome little sub-movies in it that we could have watched a lot longer, like when The oh. Rock is coaching his daughter's soccer team. And when yes. Jason Statham is squiring the baby around. Right, and when Helen Mirren is, like, taking her son by the ear or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Any of those would be great. I would fully watch those. I would probably watch a full movie also about Charlize Theron's adventures. She was thoroughly creepy. Her hair was very distracting. I feel like White Girl Dreads is, like, such a good choice to show that you are not a good person. Right? This is evil. This is very evil. This is how we define evil in this universe, (laughs) is White Girl Dreads. Okay. The part that was interesting was they were trying to, like retcon she was like yes i was involved in the previous two movies you just didn't know it and we're like okay okay which they previously did with jason statham like these movies are like a like a russian nesting doll you take it out and i feel like the next one is gonna be like oh i mean yeah like sure charlie's throne was behind this but like um i don't know mr nobody has really mr nobody has really been working on the other side all along i think beyonce is definitely responsible for it all i would like to see i would love that (laughs) i i don't want to start a rumor that was just like an example that i that came to mind but also i'm putting it on my vision board yeah put it on your vision board the secret works works. Mm -hmm. uh so i mean this one theoretically no, I didn't even see it most recently. Again, I watched four and five literally last night, literally not holding any of it in my memory. So I don't know why I think I'm going to remember this one that I saw like two months ago. Aww. One thing that is legitimately kind of cool, this is one of the first um, American movies to actually film on location in Cuba in oh. like a while. So I think that whole scene in Cuba was literally just because like, well, we got permission to shoot in Cuba, so let's do it. Let's do it. I thought it was good. It was a nice little... I was like, that was a nice 15 minutes car race, like, nice setting. It could have been a whole movie. It could have been an entire movie. Uh-huh. Especially if they wanted to just up their loving butt shots as usual. Yes. yes, there were plenty of those. Started off strong. You knew right away what movie you were at. <laughs> yes, in case you, in case the theater didn't have a sign on the outside of it, as soon as it started, you knew you where like, you were. Oh, okay. I loved, loved the Cuban gang leader boss oh guy God, was who hot. was going to get... <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that? I said he was super hot. His, his smile, his jewelry, his hat. I just loved everything about him. And I, I don't like, understand this. why he was inexplicably in New York later, but okay. Right, but this... Because because he respected Dom. Yeah, he okay. was there for Dom. But he, I mean, this right there 
is going to do so much for a certain generation's interest in Cuban tourism. <laughs> is nah. it? That guy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the street and, racing. And the, the opening scene also just, like, fully encapsulates the absurdity of this whole franchise. Yes. And How because... his car um, pretty much explodes while he's driving it, but he makes it across the finish line ahead of the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, Don's cousin, who we previously have not known at all, like, his cousin owes a car to this, like, Cuban car boss of some sort. And he kind of goes to Dom for help. And Dom's like, well, if you, if you owe, like, you shouldn't get into situations where you owe something you can't pay, but you're my cousin. So I'll do this race for you. And if I win, then like your debt's settled or whatever. And in the, and it it involves a a borrowed car, I guess. Yes. So in the process of this race, Dom wins, but completely destroys this car. Like, literally, it's on fire. At the last second, Dom bails out of it. The car goes off the road into the ocean. It is donezo. So he has won this race, but the car is destroyed. And so, but Dom's like, it's fine, because now your honor is intact. And, like, you, crime boss, you can keep your car. And you, cousin, I'll give you my car. And now everybody has a car, including the ocean, and <laughs> everyone, like, has... It's so the ocean can drive separately to the beach later. Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we all, like, have... We all have our cars, and we all have, more importantly, our honor. Right, and right. it's like, yeah, honor. And it's, it's a very good <laughs> nutshell... Mr. Nobody is in fate, and he's there. I don't Wait, think... Wait, well, no, there's one more thing that happens in Cuba. What? Hello. Yes. Oh, Charlie's there on. They do the race, and then he is like the next day or whatever. Oh, one minor dumb thing that happens, in my opinion, is Dom and Letty have this discussion where she's like, Hey, we haven't ever talked about having kids. And Dom's like, Do you want kids? And she's like, It's not about if we want to have kids, it's about if we want to have the conversation. It's and it's like, What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Like, what is this differential that you're making here, Letty? But anyway, they have that little conversation. And then the next day, Dom's out fetching literally flowers and a baguette. And he is walking. <laughs> He's a good man. Which is great. If, if you're going to put a romantic comedy trope into an action movie, it better be a baguette in a shopping bag. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's walking back with that, I guess, because he gave his car away. He's walking. And then Charlize Theron is like, oh, I'm having trouble with my car. Ha ha. And he's like, I'll take a look. And then it's, he tells her what's wrong. And she's like, I know. And she shows him the part. Cause like she reveals that she had just taken this part out of her car so that he it's would like stop. It's like the nuns in the sound of music. Totally like yes. the nuns in the sound of music. That's really what it's, it is. It's the, and then from here on in, it's just the sound of music, but with more cars. Yeah, basically, yeah, pretty and, much nuns and uh, singing. I'm trying to figure out who Rolf is, but I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, she's like, "Oh, I need you to help me," and Dom's like, "No, I'm busy." And she's like, "Oh, you'll help me." And then she shows him something on her phone, and then, uh, and then we don't actually see how that resolves. I think for a little while, we're sort of left with this like. This is a good time, though, to say that um, we're going to spoil this movie and all the Fast and Furious movies. (laughs) Right. Right. This is a good time for us to tell you that. I feel like you could listen to this whole thing and then watch it and be like, oh, yeah, it was something about a chip, or I don't know. (laughs) 
Like, they're not even successful spoilers because we just don't know. <laughs> no, this is what's going on. There were things. Things uh. happened. So, yeah. Spoiler warning. <laughs> okay, so then The Rock is like, hey, I need you guys to do help me with another car crime. And I just gotta warn you, if this goes bad, like, it's going real bad. And then, oh, and then here I think is where we actually learn that Dom has accepted Cypher's offer because they're they're getting a chip or something. They're getting it and they got it. But then on their way out, Dom like uh, crashes into the rock and steals the thing and then leaves. And so then because of that, the rock goes to jail. Right. And which again, I just feel like this is not how any of this works. Like if you're a police question mark type and you make a mistake, or like you, like you don't go to jail. Like he didn't do it on purpose, but he was. You warned. don't know. It's true. I'm not. I don't know. But it just seems like it shouldn't. Anyway, he goes to jail, and he. Oh, it's so delightful. They put him in a cell right across from Jason Statham, <laughs> and they just like yell insults at each other. And again, would watch a full movie of just this. Well, and so we're getting it. We are. We, we are. Yes. Well, probably. It's, like, in talks or whatever. Excellent. Not of them in prison, but, like, a spinoff about those two. Excellent. Well, speaking Wait. of sexual tension. Speaking uh-huh. of sexual tension. I was going to go with that. And also that we had talked about this wanting to expand the soccer coaching and to expand the baby scene. Oh, you're right. I'm like, I can't believe I forgot. I skipped right over that. Please, please describe it. So... In when they are bringing Luke Hobbs into the story of Fate of the Furious, they flash on him doing this like scary drill sergeant pep talk, and it's really great. And he's ranting and raving, and he's pumping them up. And then it pans out, and he is talking to a pink-clad nine-year-old female soccer team. And yeah, because also like uh, most of the thing is like pretty ambiguous. Like we're you know, this is really important and they've been training and we've been training and, like, we've got to, like, it could theoretically be to, like, military or whatever. And then it kind of trails off and, like, and then if we win, we'll go to the mall and get Manny petties and, and then it goes, yay! Out. Right. And then it's nine-year-old girls. Yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome. And then they go out onto the field. Or does does his does his boss come to him before they go out on the field? It no, wasn't his even... boss comes in the middle of the game. Okay, so they go out on the field, and these nine-year-old girls with the rock behind them do a proper haka, and it is worth the price of admission. <laughs> this is the reason I will buy this movie for us to keep forever and ever. Okay. Because these little girls are doing a haka with the rock in the background, and it's not cultural appropriation because he's a Pacific Islander, and <laughs> we were so into it. And then the guy comes, and he's like, you got to come back to work, and he's like, I don't want to go back to work, and they go round and round and round. So and Oh, and also in the middle of this, he's like, uh... You know what? Like, if these, if I'm distracted and these girls lose their soccer game, then they're going to be disappointed. And that's a lot of Tay Tay tickets I have to buy. <laughs> and the guy's like, Tay Tay. And he's like, Taylor Swift, man. And then, and it's so good. And then, and then he threatens to kick the government guy in the Tay Tay. Yes. It's a redefined Tay Tay. Such a good scene. It really is yeah. the best scene. And this is the one this is one that we would like to have expanded into full length movie. Yeah. At one hundred percent. Have we gotten to the Jason Statham and Baby part? 
No, no that comes way later. Okay, but it so also we'll could be a full movie. Continue. Well, that and we had the with the sexual tension, we were having thoughts about that too. <laughs> also, by the way, here's another thing that doesn't add up: is that guy came to the soccer game and was like, "We need you to do it. You have to do it." And, like, The Rock is reluctant to do it, so they've kind of, like, twisted his arm into it, but then they're also like, and also, if this goes bad, it goes really bad for you. Yeah, I don't like, understand. you like... made him do this. Why are you putting him in jail? Jeez. They, they, awesome. just, they just put him in jail so that he could bust out excitingly with... Yeah, I mean, I, I get it, but also... <laughs> come on. Right. So, yeah, back then they did that thing in Germany, Don betrayed them, The Rock's in jail with Jason Statham, it's fantastic... Oh, at some point, Mr. Nobody comes to visit, and he's like, hey, we'll give you a pardon if you work with us. So that sounds and familiar. Like, yeah, this is their go-to currency, is drugs and pardons and chips. Right. That's but what they're the not Doritos, so don't get excited. No, computer chips only. Although, actually, like, Han and Roman, they both are constantly eating in these movies. Hmm. It's like your thing. We haven't talked about Tej's Chuck Stravaganza t-shirt, which I oh, tweeted about yeah. when we saw it. And I will share the picture in the show notes if you have not had an opportunity to see it. But for a big chunk of the movie, he is wearing a t-shirt with a pixelated Converse high top on it. Yep. And it's a super designer shirt because I looked it up and it's like a $100 t-shirt. So that's the <laughs> only reason I don't have it. <laughs> if you wait long enough, there'll be a knockoff at Target. Let's be real. <sighs> Good idea. Okay, so The Rock turns down Mr. Nobody's uh, offer of a pardon because he's like, I'll do this, like, I have to clear my name and, like, I'm The Rock and I, like, whatever. So he stays in prison to have this, like, flirtatious shouting match with Jason Statham. (laughs) And Jason's like, you're not that big, like, whatever, I'm not scared. Meanwhile, The Rock, like, fully detaches a concrete block from the wall of his cell and just, like, drags it over to show Jason Statham. (laughs) Look what I have. Mm. Yeah, I was into it. Then something happens at the prison, and all the doors open, and it and it was Mister. And I don't understand what the, what Mister. Nobody's plan here was. Like I'll open all the doors, and then the rock will get out, but everybody will get out. And so there's a full on prison riot. This is why I think Mister. Nobody is a force for evil. But the best part is that he does the doors all open right when Jason Statham has said something really, really inciting to the rock. And then the doors open and Jason Statham's like, oh, no, he's going to come and get me. But he's got this like little gleam in his eye, too. Like, oh, yeah. no, he's going to come and get me. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I'm into it. Totally into it. <laughs> oh, my God. So, again, don't I don't know why. Like, if Mr. Nobody can hack the doors, why couldn't he just only hack the one? Why did he need to make this whole prison riot happen? Except that it was very fun to watch. I think that's why. Yeah. No. Yeah, asked and answered. So he gets out and joins the team. And Jason Statham also joins the team. And everyone's like, uh, no, we're not working with Jason Statham. He killed Han. Hello. And Jason Statham's like, actually, I think you'll find, like, it was really Charlize Theron's fault, which I don't understand how it was. She hacked my gun. (laughs) Yeah, like... My car. Okay. And they're like, well, no, now we're on the same side because Charlize is really the one who is responsible for my brother Owen getting... Going to the dark side. Getting in the dark side. And so because we're both, like, the enemy and my enemy is my friend, we're all teaming up to defeat Charlize Theron, a.k.a. Cypher. And so it's this kind of, like, uneasy piece or whatever that is 
like the rock and jason through have this very romantic comedy like well okay we'll work together now but as soon as this is over like i'm literally going to kill you haha ha. no i'm literally going to kill you and <laughs> and I then they have it. a tickle fight yeah <laughs> so they have to go Again, they have to go get a computer chip. I don't care. They have to get a thing. But meanwhile, <laughs> Cypher has hacked all the cars in New York. And so the cars just start driving themselves. <gasps> Which was so great because they they drive out of the multi-level parking garages just out through the air. And when we were in New York last week, we parked my car in a garage that had one of those car elevators that they had to, like... My car was at risk of this happening for four days. Yeah. It made me very nervous about all technology. Yeah. So there's a whole thing of these... She's using all the cars as kind of an army, but then Dom is there on the ground, along with, like, a couple other bros from Cypher's team. That redheaded dude. Yeah. With the, yeah, and they have a confrontation. Oh, right, where... the giant guy from How to K- Train Your Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> they have a confrontation where Cypher, like, via Bluetooth, wants Dom to kill Letty, and he won't do it. And then, but they do they do get the thing. <laughs> it, I, I don't even, it was I like she it, says questioningly. It was like the nuclear, <laughs> the, the nuclear key or something. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They do get the thing. I'm now confident. They, the bad guys get the thing. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but they let Michelle Rodriguez live, and then so Cipher reveals like why Don is there is that if you recall Elena from Five, dun, dun, she's, dun. she's there. And she has a baby, and it's Dom's baby that he didn't know existed. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry I didn't tell you, but, like, I knew you were busy with, like, at first I didn't know, and then I knew, but then you were busy with Michelle Rodriguez, and I was just like, I'll tell you later, and now here we are. (laughs) And he's like, nice Yeah, and then, anyway, Cypher's like, well, you didn't kill Michelle Rodriguez when I told you to, and you need to learn there's consequences. And she stone-cold kills uh, Elena, like, right in front of Dom, and in front of their baby, Right. It's I, I again I love these movies. I love them. They are more more diverse and they have more women than like any other like franchise I can think of. But they're still pretty bad about how they treat their women. Yeah. And this is like a really blatant example. Like come like you really had to just bring Elena back just to immediately kill her. Did you really? Did you really? <laughs> I believe But they did. did. Yes. But also, um, Again, I I love the how did this get made episodes about these movies. And in this one, they point out that from Elena's point of view, this movie is just room. Oh, my gosh. It really is. (laughs) Just like she and her baby are trapped in this one room on the, like, plane that Cypher flies around. (laughs) Oh. Until she dies. Which is a lot. What's that TV show where everybody's on a plane all the time? (laughs) The West Wing. No, no. I can't remember. I don't, I don't have to come up with it. Lost? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's um it's a like a superhero thing, but they like operate on a plane. Oh, are you talking about like um Legends of Tomorrow or whatever? No. No. Mm, don't know. I don't either. I'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. Will you? Sometime. Probably not, but I'll try. 
so this movie does like five where like things happen and then it retroactively reveals like oh but you didn't see this and this happened before and now you understand how all the pieces come together and I feel like no we did in the middle we did see Dom meet with Helen Mirren but we didn't see all of this meeting right we didn't understand why he was doing that right we saw him meet with Helen Mirren who I, I'm pretty sure at that point we did know that she's the mom of Jason Statham and Owen. And so we just see a quick meeting. We don't really understand like what happened or what the resolution is. But that's something I, I like while I was watching the movie, I kind of forgot until like halfway through the ending. I was like, oh, wait, is Helen Mirren going to come back? And she does. Yay! I want her to come back for every movie. And we would like Same. a whole movie of her being the mom of Luke Evans and Jason Statham and running their little tiny crime empire. <laughs> yeah, that would be yeah. great. Thanks. Because, again, this whole movie, this whole franchise is just, like, relative morality because, like, Helen Mirren is a crime boss and, her, like, Jason Statham and Owen, they were criminals. They just weren't as bad as Charlize Theron. Therefore, they're good. <laughs> It makes sense. It, it, it makes sense. And I'm I'm for this. This is how it works with librarians too. <laughs> Wait, can you expand that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are librarians who are good librarians and they're all it's all relative. Uh... <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna just go with it? <laughs> oh fine i'm willing to i just would like w- like one more <laughs> one more crumb of information before i co-sign <laughs> i think it has to do with a um a commitment to not judging people for what they read there's this whole spectrum and so there are some people who are like oh this is great this is awesome we're going to give you whatever you want all the time and then there's the there's like just the little slivering bits until you get to the ones who are like, we only think we should have improving sorts of literature in our libraries. Uh huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try to talk Anna into cutting this out. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think that's necessary. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I could drop my microphone and ruin it. <laughs> uh, okay, so then. Some stuff, like, that all happens. And I think then we're into submarine times where we learn that, like, she's been stealing all these chips and pieces or whatever to be able to reactivate a Russian submarine. Yeah. Why not? As you do. And her plan, I mean, again, this is going to sound like we just don't remember, but I'm fairly confident that it was extremely vaguely defined is... I think Dom says something like, oh, what's he can rule the world? And she's like, you think I want to rule the world? Like, that's so narrow-minded. Like, what I want is to be able to control the people who do rule the world. And, like, if they don't do what I want, then I'll, like, submarine them. But I just want to be, like... (laughs) I just want to be, like, behind the scenes of, like, world affairs. And it's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) She she just wants to be able to be like, if you do... If you want to do that, then you have to think, will I be launching a nuclear missile at you or not? Right. But that's not like, ruling the you, world. What do you want, though? I, I don't... It's very poorly defined, but also I was super into it. Okay. It, it's like, yeah. 
so they have to like hack the submarine they have to like drive all their cars on ice to get the submarine it's uh so stupid and the rocket drives like an suv on the ice and the nuclear missile or the nuclear submarine shoots like little torpedoes along the ice and he just like reaches his arm out the car and redirects the torpedo so it goes away from them and i saw on twitter somebody tweeted like at the rock at us navy or something like that would the rock actually be able to redirect like a (laughs) torpedo with his bare hand and the rock replied and said you don't need to ask the navy like just trust me yes i could (laughs) oh my god that's perfect you whatever you say the rock don't at me yeah So they have this whole thing. It's like very fun to watch. It's very stupid. I loved it. <laughs> it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty awesome. It was better than the James Bond opening with this jumping out of the airplane skiing. Okay. Oh yeah, for a thousand percent. Right. Um, so like this stuff is all happening, and Cipher's like, wait a minute, like this isn't going how I want it. Like Dom, do you need to be reminded? Like I still have your baby, and he's like, do you? Because then. <laughs> Said that like the Helen Mirren thing came back and we realized, oh, oh my God, we forgot to mention that Jason Statham died in the middle of this movie. <laughs> Jason Statham minute. died in the middle of this movie, but he didn't really die, so <laughs> it's fine. During that sh- like shootout that they were having in New York, when he wouldn't kill Michelle Rodriguez, he didn't kill Jason Statham, but somebody did. And just so Jason Statham died, and so we were like sad about that for a minute. But now is when we have the flashback and we see that after meeting with Helen Mirren, like she was on the ambulance with him and his death was fake and he was actually alive. And so that was kind of the deal was like Don was helping her get Jason Statham back alive and then she was going to help him with this. And so what it is is she has sent Jason Statham and Owen to go on a rescue mission to, to get the baby off the plane. And... It is the best. Like it's all about family. Yeah, it's maybe tied with the soccer team for like the best part of the movie. He g- gets on this plane. He has a baby carrier with him. <laughs> he puts the baby in a carrier. He like calls the baby governor. He puts little <laughs> headphones on the baby to protect it. Every second he just like checks in with the baby. And then he's doing this full like Mission Impossible thing throughout the plane. Just like fighting dudes and shooting dudes and killing like so many dudes and then just in between being like hey baby how are you <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's so the best. fantastic it's just the best it is the best it's that's another one that we want in its own separate movie and we also want jason statham and the rock to be co-parenting the baby and co-coaching the little girl soccer team yeah living together in like i don't know Brentwood. That's all we want. I would watch that movie ten times in the theaters. <laughs> yes. So, get on that, Hollywood. What are you waiting for? Yeah. Anyway, so the baby's safe. Jason Statham is safe and adorable. Owen Shaw is fine, too, I guess. Who cares? But he is alive. They all they successfully execute that plan. And then they... I don't know. They hack the submarine? They save the day. I don't even remember like how that whole situation is resolved. <laughs> Something <laughs> happens. It doesn't matter. They all have they all have dinner in New York. Yeah, they all have dinner in New York. Michelle Rodriguez meets the baby, 
who oh and this was in the middle of the movie and it was so weird and so blatant but uh, dom's like what's my son's name and elena's like oh my god i, I was like i, I know what it's gonna be it's like i didn't name him because i thought you should name him really? so his mit which first of all yeah like you had this baby he abandoned you you should name that baby elena r.i.p yeah right but the she is she's like i gave him a middle name and it's i've just been calling him his middle name which i don't remember what it is but you can give him the first name okay and And so it's brian but who's brian (laughs) yeah who the heck is Brian? brian And second of all, it's so wild because in the world of these movies, Brian's not dead. Right, Brian's still alive. Somewhere. And it's like this huge meeting thing. He's like, everyone, I want you to meet Brian. Brian he'll do the like... And like for us in the audience, it's kind of like, oh, Brian. But after, like, who? Right. But it's like, okay, yeah, R.E.P. Paul Walker. Cool. But he's still alive in the world of the movies. He's just retired and hanging out with his kids. It's weird. Yeah, well. You should have named that baby, like, Ellen after Elena. Yeah, who did that would have been good. Elena is dead. Point. Yeah. But whatever. The baby's name is Brian. Um, so everyone's happy. They're in New York. Jason Statham is there. They're bros. We yeah. completely failed to mention that Scott Eastwood is in this movie because kind of who cares? Yeah. He's baby Mr. Nobody. He's baby Mr. Nobody. He is basically there because Kurt Russell was busy with Gardens of the Galaxy and they're like, We need somebody else to do this thing. I mean, good for Kurt Russell, he's getting a lot of work. Yeah. Which it's funny though, because that's like why Kurt Russell came in, because it's like, well, The Rock has to do something else, so we'll get you. But that's what's great about these movies, is it's just it doesn't matter everything. So just like Legos, like, oh, you're doing another franchise, fine, we'll get Charlize Theron, I don't care. You're busy, okay, Jason Statham, welcome back, whatever. And it <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but it does make sense, and it's great, right? Because it's all family. It's all family. Huh. I look forward to the next installment. Oh, so much, yeah. And we can link to this there. Okay, so first of all, there was supposed to be a post credit scene of The Rock and Jason Statham. Kissing? In my heart. I'm not sure that's what was filmed. But something of the two of them together. And Vin Diesel heard about it, and he's like, uh, no, you can't put that in the movie. So they had to, like, delete it. Oh, Vin Diesel. I'm hoping it'll be on the DVD. But then there's talks. Uh, I think like Jason Statham and The Rock are both willing to do the spinoff movie. They just have to get like all the contracts settled or whatever. But yeah, spinoff with those two guys, which I, oh man, as if you did, could not tell, I would watch it for sure. Yeah, it seems like it would be right up your alley. Yeah, I'm, I'm for it. I don't know how they're gonna reincorporate re-in- Troy or whatever his name is from. Tokyo Drift. Ugh. Um, whatever. Yeah. I hope he dies. I hope he goes to college. <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll oh, yeah, go to college. He was, a, he was a child. Right. Oh, also, I went, I tabbed back over to the Wikipedia page, Uh-oh. and I remembered danger, how they, danger. I've learned how they resolved the submarine situation, which is they blew it up. Right, right, okay. Right, that that's right. Sense. Well, didn't, didn't the submarine surface through the ice? And wasn't I trying to explain that that's not how it works? Yes. I think, yeah. Okay, also... well, I think that is how it works, because that's what happened right. in the movie. Obviously, sorry. Yeah, so the submarine was up <laughs> on top of the ice, and 
uh, Cypher had fired some, like, homing missiles at the family. Right, right. But they tricked it into shooting. Like, he drove his car, like, up over the submarine or something, and then it blew up the submarine. Something like that. Wow. Yes. That sounds about right. Yeah. It ruled. Okay, so we recommend watching these movies. All of them. Oh, all of them. Yes. And it's totally fine to watch them while you're doing your filing or doing your oh, nails. I thought you were going to say it's or folding fine laundry. to drink while you're doing it. That or what? Might... Oh, I'll, like, drink and do your taxes while watching these movies. <laughs> <laughs> that makes, that, yeah. That makes a lot of that sense. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Just everything. Yeah, and let us know if you're watching them so that we can watch along. <laughs> yeah, we would probably be willing to watch them again. We would, although... I think it was six that it took us several nights to finish because uh, we kept falling asleep and, like, nothing was happening, really. <laughs> and I was like, oh, when is this going to end? Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, they there's something about the time in these movies. Like, they can drag, but then also it's very exciting. Like... I, they're just not like quite like normal. Like, and I I like an action movie. I watch a lot of like really dumb action movies, and these sometimes there's things that are like very boring. But your brain just skips over it, and you just can't hang on to it at all. And all you remember is just like, ah, uh, that was la, awesome. La, la. Okay, so shall we <laughs> shall we segue into musical obsessions? Yeah. Do you have a musical obsession, Renata? It's so basic. It is. As you may have heard, Taylor Swift has recently re-put all her stuff on streaming. Yay! Possibly just to spite Katy Perry. I don't care why. Wait, we need to fix our New York playlist. Quick! Yeah, we do. Yeah. So, even though, like, I own 1989, it's nice to have it on Spotify because I listen to that at work. Right. So, I have been listening to Taylor Swift recently because of that. And then I recently was talking on Twitter with uh, the bossy dames, Margaret and Sophie, about how good the song New Romantics is, which is like a bonus track from 1989, and it's just so good. I've been listening to it a bunch, because I can. Yay! So that's yours? Yes. New Romantics, Taylor Swift. Okay, mine, after attending Little G's school (sighs) concert this week, the third and fourth grade chorus sang, they opened the show with... Viva La Vida and Fight Song. And if you have not heard a third and fourth grade chorus sing Viva La Vida and Fight Song, then you have not lived. And I have had Viva La Vida stuck in my head ever since. So, dun, 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 dun. Okay, there you go. What's yours, Anna? I'm I'm gonna go with see you again in the keeping with the uh, Fast and Furious. Ooh, you just want to make me cry when we listen to our theme musical of the episode. Playlist? Well, there are various songs on there that will make you cry, like the Mariah Carey one. <laughs> That's true. All right, do you have a regular obsession, Renata? I do, and it's an app called Trello. Oh. Is that two L's or one L? Two L's. Two L's. Oh my gosh. So I was, I'm going to interrupt you to tell you how much I loved your cataloging of your nail polish. Oh, great. (laughs) So tell us about Trello. So Trello is an app. I think it's designed more for like project sharing or like, like businesses maybe. It is. But but my coworker told me, she's like, oh, this weekend I I download this app to download or to catalog on my sewing patterns because I always find myself at the store and I buy a pattern and then I get home and it's like similar to one I already have. And I was like, oh, tell me more because I do that with nail polish. 
And she showed me, and um, basically you can just set up lists and then put in cards. So I, this is actually what I did while watching Fast Five last night, and some of six was, or no, four and five, I mean. I was, like, watching that, but also fully cataloging my nail polish, which maybe partly explains why I don't remember what happened, but Not really. whatever. So, like, for me, my project is called Nail Polish, and then I made lists that's, like, pink, purple, and then each thing gets a card, and so I went through and I put in the name and I took a picture of each one. So now, like, when I'm at CVS, I'm like, should I buy this pink nail polish? I can pull up in my app and be like, oh, no, I don't need that because I already have, like, three that are basically that same color. Ellie needs to do this pronto. I don't know if I'm going to have time because it's kind of a big project. And, you know, I thought thought that it would take longer because I was like, well, I'll just start us and see how I go. And, I mean, you may, maybe have more nail polish than I do, but I have, like, a lot. And and I wasn't working on it, like, the most dedicated. I was like, oh, something cool is happening in the movie. I'll stop nail polish, watch the movie with more attention. And I did all of mine in one night. So. Yeah, I think you could do it. I'm not sure if I'll be able to manage, but, um, okay, so. <laughs> but I'm, obs- I, like, I did this yesterday, and I keep, like, pulling it open just to look at it, like, they're so beautiful. Right? They really are. I, I loved it. And it made me think, oh, I should send this to Renata, because I, over the years, have compiled 17 different teal glitter frosts. And mm-hmm. so, I, so I'm looking through your collection going, you know, I see a gap here that I could fill. <laughs> yeah, great. And I'm also intrigued because I have um, just as many, so you have a bunch of coppery bronzy things and mm-hmm. I have the same sort of saturation in the ranges of silvers and platinums and pewters. And so I thought that we could come over to each other's house and <laughs> like do alternate manicures so that we could just see if we wanted, like I probably would never buy a copper, but they're pretty. So maybe I should try it on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Nail polish party. Yes. It's not app-based, but it is beauty-based. My obsession is when we were out west for vacation, I spent a couple days at a spa with my mom because that's my mom, and we got facials. And ever since, because I was glowing and beautiful for a day or two, I've been obsessed with finding a good facial exfoliant Mm. That that but like a fruit acid one. I don't want to like scrub because I read articles about microbeads and I don't like that, you know, the the peach pit scrub that was big in the eighties. Um, I feel like it's too rough on my face. So I'm mm-hmm. I Googled because my favorite thing to do is Google best drugstore peels or best drugstore yeah. moisturizers or whatever. And um, I found a couple, and I haven't tried them, but in keeping with Renata's self-care Sunday, I think I might mm-hmm. get started. I bought two different ones, and so I'm going to try them. And, of course, Anna read the instructions, and she's like, this is going to turn you really red. And I... No, I didn't say that you... I, I just found all the typos in the... <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of typos on the instructions for one of the products, so that caused some minor skepticism. So I will report on the two facial peels that I bought. I also, after that, I picked up some sheet masks, which at Daiso, if you don't know about Daiso, you should, but we don't have them out here. Daiso is the Japanese 100 yen store, which is like a dollar store, but it's a dollar 50. 
and they have outposts in Japan, but there are a few outposts in Seattle, and it is a great place to go and buy your lunch bentos and your sheet masks and your little zipper pouches for things and a variety of stuff. I had not been to a Daiso in more than two years because I've been away from Seattle, so I spent like $30 in $1.50 increments and brought a whole bunch of stuff home. <laughs> oh, I also got hedgehog awesome. dish towels. Anyway, they're a great store and um, sheet masks were purchased and have not been applied yet, but I digress. Anna, what's your obsession? Okay, so my obsession is the Porson Trilogy by Garth Nix, which came out in the early mm-hmm. 2000s, and I read it then, but I just noticed that he had written new ones in the series in the last few years and I was like oh I want to read those but I don't remember what happened in the first ones so I'll listen to them and they the first three books are all narrated by Tim Curry and they are fantastic I listened to them over the course of like a week and a half and I got through all of them and they were great and I would dive right back in and do them again Okay. I'm still obsessed. <laughs> Excellent. That's good. I haven't read those. I know I've heard good things, but uh, a Tim Curry audiobook might be enough to bump that a few yeah. a few spots higher on my two it. it's not, They're all on overdrive. Excellent. Nice. So you can get them. From, oh my gosh, did we make from it? From BTL. Did we make it to the end? I think we did make it to the end. Holy cats. It's amazing. Duh. Thank you for joining us, Renata. Thank you for having me. I always love having an outlet to discuss this franchise. I um, am trying to get there. Whoop, nope. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Hi, I'm Anna, and you can find me online at Helga Grace, H-E-L-G-A-G-R-A-C-E. I'm Aline, and you can find me on Twitter at Surly Spice, S-U-R-L-Y-S-P-I-C-E. I'm Renata. You can find me at Renata Snacks, R-E-N-A-T-A. S-N-A-C-K-S. Uh, I also co-host the podcast Worst Bestsellers, which you can find at worstbestsellers.com. And we talk about books <laughs> <laughs> that are maybe bad, maybe just misunderstood. Right, right. The Fast and the Furious of books. Makes sense. Yeah, where it's just like, you know, it's very popular and very ridiculous, but I love it. You know, such as perhaps Twilight. And oh, then some yeah. of them... Some of them are just like, some of them are just like Vince, where it's just like, oh, this is garbage. (laughs) (laughs) The word garbage is often used. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, our in and out music was provided by the lovely Julie Jerkins. You can find her on Twitter at Hi Miss Julie, H-I-M-I-S-S-J-U-L-I-E. Bye. Bye. My microphone keeps falling over. That's all right. It's on. It's literally in a cardboard box. <laughs> okay, professional podcaster. Again, in our family. Oh, microphone! <laughs> this is gonna be great. It's good because if we just keep track of how many times we need to take out a microphone drop.
It is a literal mic drop going on, yes. right? <laughs> Who says we're going to yeah, take them we... out? Oh, we're going to leave oh, them all in? Oh, now it's unplugged. God damn it.